welcome to the second episode of the Force Fitness Podcast. I am your host, Ryan Conforti, and today we're going to go over five things. Uh, these are five question and answer things I got from some people online uh, about exercise. So I'm going to answer some questions um, that you guys have, have sent to me. I appreciate it. Uh, reminder that you can actually find us on iTunes and rate us on iTunes, uh, give us a review, share us, all that stuff. I know we're only two episodes into this thing, but we're going to try and keep it going somewhat regularly. Uh, the martial arts gym is coming along quickly, and before I know it, I'm going to be hitting the road uh, around the Midwest, so I'll be talking about all that stuff over the next couple of weeks, but we're going to get right into these these questions. So the first one I have is, what is the first thing to address when wanting to get healthy? So that's a pretty common question. Uh, I think if you didn't know better, the first thing that people would think would be uh, your diet or obviously being active, um, those kinds of things. But I would say that the first thing you need to address if you're wanting to improve your health Uh, and lifestyle is your sleep. It's relatively simple. It doesn't cost any money. um, And it's extremely important. No matter what your goal is for your health or fitness, uh, sleep is the most important. If you're trying to put on muscle, you need to sleep. If you're trying to lose weight, you need to sleep. If you have some other health issues that need to be addressed, sleep is the uh, golden ticket. You need to sleep. Uh, I can highly recommend a book called Sleep Smarter by Sean Stevenson. Uh, It's a really good book. kind of goes really, really in-depth the importance of sleep and how to improve your sleep. Um, Some quick tips would be that you should sleep in a cold environment, like 70 degrees cold. Uh, That helps a lot. Your bedroom shouldn't have anything else in it. It shouldn't have a TV in it. If you can avoid having a TV, it shouldn't have your computer. You should basically have it be this sanctuary that you really only use for sleep. Uh, That helps a lot, and it should also be extremely dark. Um, These are sort of just natural things to... uh, to create the optimal sleep environment. Uh, Depending on your schedule, you can sort of dictate when your bedtime should be, but you really want to shoot for that eight hours. And usually when when you tell someone to shoot for eight hours of sleep, they really only get like five or six. So shoot for ten, and then, you know, some people are okay with seven, some people really need like nine it averages to eight, so shoot for ten, and then uh, if you get a little bit less, that's okay. But if you're only getting five or six or less, um, it's a problem, uh, and it needs to be addressed the same way that if you had a headache or a cold or a stomach ache, and you would do something to address that. If you're only if you're routinely only getting a couple hours of sleep, you've got to remedy that situation and not just ignore it and hope that it fixes itself. All right, so on to question number two. Uh, This one didn't take too long. 
what's your favorite exercise and why? My favorite exercise is the deadlift. Uh, I've found it to be the um, sort of the greatest test of strength is is a deadlift. Some people might argue squat or bench press or something silly like that, but to me, it's it's definitely the deadlift. Um, and one of the reasons why I like it so much is that it, it's a full body exercise. And there's a lot of full body exercises, but it's a full body exercise that uses um, just about everything to an extent. So it's not just using all the muscles of your body, but it's using all the muscles of your body um, at a greater capacity than a squat or or some other exercises, in my opinion, anyway. Uh, in I feel like it the results that you get from a deadlift, like you get faster results with the least amount of time. So it's, it's like the most efficient exercise to uh, get good at. And I don't necessarily mean that you have to get crazy, super heavy and become this crazy power lifter, but the deadlift is the movement of a deadlift is hinging at the hips and to get really good at that and to be able to handle, uh, you know, weight through that movement, I feel like is the, the epitome of functional strength and those things. So I, I definitely like the deadlift. It's when I do a great deadlift session, my posture is better, everything's better. And I just all around feel you know, I, everything, I feel like I've gotten much quicker results from my workout than if I had done a number of other exercises. It's just routinely that after my deadlift day, I feel awesome and more so compared to a lot of the, uh, my other days. I still feel awesome all the time, but, uh, I'll wake up day or two later after my deadlift and feel pretty pumped. And like I said, I notice things like my posture is a little bit better. I'm moving a little bit better. I feel stronger. So deadlift is the way to go. It's all about efficiency. What is your least favorite exercise and why? Well, I should have seen that one coming. Uh, it varies. Um, you know, I'll see a lot of silly stuff online, of course, but that's not really... Uh, it's not really what what I think this question's about, but yeah, I mean it varies. Sometimes, sometimes I really don't like barbell bench press, and then sometimes I do, and then sometimes I really don't like squatting. But you can't say that that's not a good exercise. So I'll talk about uh, good mornings. Not really a fan of good mornings. Good mornings are when you have. It's a hip hinge, just like your stiff leg deadlift or Romanian deadlift, but you have the barbell loaded on your your back like you're going to do a back squat, but instead of squatting, you throw your hips back, really stretch the hamstrings, and you're trying to get your chest um, parallel to the floor. So the reason why I don't like the exercise is that the majority of people aren't able to do it. 
because their hamstrings are super tight or they don't have that hip hinging ability that they need uh, to do a good morning without hurting their lower back. Um, I'm not, I don't like the way the weight is loaded on the body in that position. And there's people that can do these extremely heavy. I'm talking, there's people that do three and 400 pound good mornings, which I think is crazy. I mean, it's incredible that they can do it, but I would never load that up that heavy. And the reason why isn't because necessarily that it's this terrible exercise or that it's it's going to break your back or whatever because there's people that do it and maybe they don't feel so good when they're older. I'm not sure. But I just feel like you could get much better results with other exercises without having to do that, without having to load the barbell so far from your hips and the hip joint. You know, why Why would you do a good morning instead of just doing a stiff leg deadlift or Romanian deadlift? Uh, I don't know. I would, I would much rather do those exercises. They're lower risk. You can load them with weight a lot sooner. Um, so, yeah, I mean, good mornings have their benefits, but they're not a staple at all. So I've never been a fan of those. Some people like them. Some people use them for powerlifting, and maybe you need to have a 300 or 400 pound good morning if you're going to be squatting 1,200 pounds or deadlifting an incredible amount of pounds. So it's it's one of those exercises that's very specific to a certain kind of athlete, but if you're just walking into your local big box gym and you've only been working out for a couple months, good mornings are just not at all an exercise that I'm going to give you. All of that being said, let's break it back down to to what I said earlier, that all it is is a hip hinge. You can do hip hinges with no weight. You can do the good morning movement with a piece of PVC pipe or a broomstick or whatever and still get that stretch. And you can do it with very, very light weights, as you should, before ever doing anything super heavy if you're trying to perfect that movement of really being able to hinge all the way at your hips and really throw your hips all the way back so that when you fold the barbell is still over your or as close to your ankles as possible as opposed to being way out in front of you because you bent bent forward instead of hinging at your hips so it's really more about it's an exercise that I think is that people will see a powerlifter or a very capable athlete doing, but when the common person tries to do it, the it ends up being disastrous and painful, and, and there's a lot of problems. The, the, it's a higher injury risk for someone that doesn't know what they're doing. So I try to stay away from it completely because the last thing I want to do is be in a gym and be putting one of my clients through an exercise routine and then have good mornings going on. Meanwhile, there's 10 people that have been in the gym for a week and they see that and they see a guy training with a personal trainer and he's doing that exercise. So when they come in on Friday, they start doing it by themselves and it becomes this uh, really, really bad thing. 
All right, so let's go on to question number four. How often should I cycle exercises? So this depends on your program. Uh, if you're on a strength program, so let's say, let's stick with deadlifts. Let's say for the next four, eight, 12 weeks, whatever it is, you're working on your deadlift, you're trying to get uh, your strength up with that, uh, that particular movement. That means that you're going to keep doing that exercise. Uh, deadlifts only try to do once a week. In some cases, you can get away with doing it twice a week, but once a week is what you want to do. So for the most part, if you deadlift on Monday, you're going to deadlift every Monday the same exact way. If you do sumo deadlift, you're doing sumo deadlift every Monday for the entire program. Now, how and when you add weight and everything, that's dependent on what you're working, who you're working with, all those things. And then you supplement that the rest of the week um, with your other exercises, but you stick to that one exercise the same day every week, and you don't cycle it. But if you're working for size... So say you're trying to increase overall muscle size in your chest, you're going to cycle fairly regularly. So you may uh, work uh, a strong day with a flat bench and then supplement throughout the week with other exercises. And then when you go back to your heavy day the following week, Maybe this time you're working your incline, supplement the rest of the week, and then week three, maybe you're doing your decline, supplement the rest of the week, and then cycle back to flat. And you can throw, you know, your supplements are all your your flies, single arm flies, any of those sort of variations. And even if you wanted, instead of cycling between flat, incline, decline, you could have it be so that you're working flat the entire time, but maybe week one it's regular, week two, it's close grip, week three, it's wide grip, but you're staying flat bench the entire time. So you're cycling a little bit, but not not a whole lot. Now, if you're working performance for a sport or whatever it is, you're cycling all the time because you're, you know, it's it's very specific to whatever sport you're doing, so there's just a lot more variety. There's a lot more things to work because you're not just working uh, a position for the exercise that's going to give you the biggest muscle recruitment to put on size, and you're not just working a particular position of an exercise uh, to maximize your strength. Now you're working in positions that are kind of unusual because you're in a sport. So you're working on balance and stability and compound movements and all of these other things that are a little bit, that replicate the sport a little bit more. So you're not going to find yourself in that same position every week. Now, all three of those programs being said, whether it's strength, building muscle, sports performance, there's only so many ways the body moves. So if you're working if you're working a horizontal push 
like you would with a bench press, whether you're working strength with that bench press, whether you're working muscle development with that bench press, or you're working some other horizontal push through performance, uh, there is going to be some sort of cycle and uh, no matter and whether you're cycling or or not through different exercises a horizontal push is a horizontal push and it's going to develop one way or the other last question what is the best ways to improve agility so there's a few different ways so we'll talk about the different planes of movement so your sagittal plane is forward your frontal plane is lateral or sideways and then transverse plane is usually through some sort of rotation so when we're talking about agility in the sagittal plane you could do things like suicides and shuttles those aren't really agility. There is because there's there's these quick changes of direction, but that's not true agility. You can do, you know, everybody's seen people on speed ladders and they set up the cones and all the things. If you set up a path with changes of directions and all that kind of stuff, that has some agility to it. If you're just going back and forth on a speed ladder, that's not agility. That's that's quickness. It, that's you're training something else. But in the sagittal plane where you're going forward even through, you know, an SAQ path with cones and all these other things, shuttle, suicides, all that stuff. That's not the best way to improve agility. If you go sideways to the, to the frontal plane, doing things laterally, um, you can still do like cone drills and all that stuff, but you could also, if you have a partner, set up cones however far apart, maybe 20, 30 feet, whatever it is, you and your partner facing one another and you guys are going to go shuffle sideways so you have one person leading and the other one's following so the the leader can go left they can go right they're going to change direction they're going to do all of these things and the uh the follower has to mimic them and not lag behind so uh, that exercise in itself is great for basketball as you can imagine uh and that has it's much better for agility because there's reaction and that's the key to agility is being is having to react to some sort of stimuli like that so if you want to do something even more functional or or sport specific uh it would be something uh, in the transverse plane with with rotation things like that you would simply just basically play like a game of tag so now you're not restricted between two cones moving sideways. You're not restricted between moving forward uh, through shuttles or suicides or, or things like that. Now you have an open field and you're playing tag. You're reacting to uh, uh, actions on the fly. That's the best way. Constant changing of direction. And like I said, it's all about that constant reaction. All right, so that was pretty quick. That was five exercise questions. I'll do a second podcast that's got five uh, nutrition questions. And uh, I'll have that out pretty soon. So 
Hope you guys are enjoying it again. You can go to iTunes, uh, look us up on Twitter, Facebook, all that stuff. Trying to get these podcasts out somewhat regularly, but like I said, I don't really know what our schedule is going to be just yet. But hope you enjoyed it. Hope that helps you a little bit with your exercises. I will talk to you guys soon. Bye.